welcome back to the Sideline Live podcast. You can follow us over on Twitter and Instagram at the Sideline Live. We'd love to hear from you. On episode 108, I'm delighted to be joined by Sligo Intercounty footballer Pat Spillane Jr. On this episode, we discuss his career, running mechanics, intercounty commitments, moving to Sligo, Jude's, Dublin Senior F- Club football, and so much more. I hope you enjoyed the episode. Hi Pat, thanks so for joining me on the podcast. Cheers, thanks for having me, Orla. Before we get into everything, I have a lot of non-GA listeners. Would you mind giving a quick elevator pitch to the listeners who might not know who you are? Um, right, so I suppose in short, uh, my name is Pat Spillane. I'm a Gaelic football player for, for St. Jude's. I play for St. Jude's in Dublin and I play my county football then with Sligo. Okay, very good. Growing up in, in Kerry and Temple now, give us a bit of an insight into your um, growing up. Obviously, your dad was heavily involved in gas, so I'm assuming he was the first person to put the ball in your hand. Um, he was, yeah. So obviously big, big influence on my life growing up. Um, yeah, so would have grown up playing football in Temple Now, um, but would have played a lot of sports growing up, would have played a bit of everything, would have played soccer um, at underage with Kerry as well, would have played a lot of basketball. Basketball would have been my my dual sport almost, and yeah, would have played a bit of rugby as well. So played a bit of everything growing up. Um, went to college then in UCC, would have played football in UCC, and then following college then um, would have moved to Dublin then for work. So that's sort of how I ended up playing playing my football in Dublin then. So. Okay. What uh, position did you play in basketball out of interest? Uh, I was a point guard. Were you? What, yeah. what height were you playing point guard? Um, I was I had a fairly late uh, growth spurt now, so I would have been quite short in school. I went from, I don't know, I say I'm 6'3 now, but I would have been 5'8", 5'9", maybe going into fifth year leave and certain hit a bit of a burst. Yeah. Very good. And do you notice anything that, that's transferable between these sports? Obviously, everyone's talking about, you know, the tactic side of things, but skills-wise, for, from a player's perspective, what, what do you notice between the two sports and the crossover? I'd say probably just keeping the head up when you're on the ball is, is the big thing. If you're playing point guard, you need to have your eyes up the whole time um, when you're moving, when you're dribbling with the ball. Um, and just fast hands as well. Like the amount of ball going through the hands now in Gaelic football, um, you really need fast hands and hand passing. So that's, they're probably the two biggest ones. But even like the the way players screen now and check for other players coming on a loop, um, that's very applicable as well to, to Gaelic football. You mentioned the soccer as well. How long did you keep all three of them up and maybe there was another sport as well? Or on what age did you kind of have to, was it ever put to you that you had to choose or was it just kind of a natural progression of you had to kind of pick one or two? Never know, and there was no no pressure to to play football either as my main sport. I think I would have enjoyed probably basketball most growing up. Um, I think really was coming into leaving cert when I dropped down to just football. I cut basketball off for a few years at sixteen. Um, yeah, it was just just for for school really was the was the pressure more than I would have kept up everything if I could have. But um, yeah, coming into leaving cert time, I needed a, a few hours to to get the study, and so that was when I dropped off. Do you get to watch much NBA or uh, Garvey's Thirty Warriors at all? I ha- I I do. I wa- I followed the NBA a good bit now. I haven't seen much of the Irish League now last year, last two years, but yeah, great seats for league going well. Yeah, absolutely. When you talk about um kind of underage, you never played um you played underage soccer for Kerry, but you never played Gaelic football for them. Um no, I would have just been sort of in and out of development squads really, um, with Kerry South up to about maybe under sixteen, so maybe spent two or three years. Um, but no, I wouldn't have had any underage experience with the minors or twenty ones. And what changed for you then, kind of making this drastic jump? Was that more when you kind of came to Dublin? Was it maybe just this kind of, Brian Fenton spoke about, just this kind of, it wasn't good enough at the time. Was that kind of the same, similar story to you? Um, yeah, a bit of everything, really. I'd say the, the 
couple of factors I'd say moving to Jude's is a big thing for me just kind of working with with, with very good mentors and and good teammates and stuff who would have given me an awful lot of good feedback and would have been big into video work as well so kind of from a from a from a team perspective and, and tactically would have improved hugely after coming to Jude's and then I'd say at an individual level um, COVID was kind of the big thing for me so I kind of had like eight months of individual training that, that really brought me on and um, so they were sort of the two big things. What were you practicing by yourself on the pitch? Was there any specific, you know, skills that you were tre- really trying to hone in on, or was it just trying to get time on the pitch and just get get your skills up naturally that way? Um, it would have been would have been my running. Really, was was a big thing. I remember kind of when I first came to Jude's, I sort of first time really doing video analysis and was kind of watching my running mechanics and sort of thinking I can I can fine tune this a bit. Um, so I kind of did a, I did a huge amount of work on my explosiveness and kind of running mechanics and running technique. And I sort of learned to, <laughs> how to run again during COVID. Um, and then when I kind of came back in, then my, my speed was probably my, my biggest asset then. So um, that was that was very beneficial having that time to kind of work on that. I, I remember I, I had gone through that a couple of times with injury. I've had to learn how to run again and I have to do it again now. But I remember a couple of years ago I had a sprint coach uh, or not a sprint coach, a running coach. And I remember we had only done like two sessions and just the... The energy I had because I wasn't using it on my running, I used to use double the energy because I'd be hunched over, knees weren't coming up at all. What what was the kind of cues that he changed for you when with your running? There was yeah, there was one one line I was remember from it. I remember seeing someone say, "You should imagine cracking an egg kind of between your hamstring and your your back heel." Because I wasn't getting a full lift in, and I started as soon as I started thinking of that, I started doing like sort of a full extension. I was probably adding on like another inch to my stride. Um, it's funny how like something small like that can can click with you and, and change. Absolutely. And how do you find in terms of the the gym work and explosive work? Obviously, you're a very powerful player now. How do you balance that with the on pitch stuff that you're in terms of training load? I know at intercounty level you're you'd have an SNC coach, but when you're by yourself, how do you try balance uh, that explosive side of things and the pitch side of things when you're trying to? F- there is a fine balance between the two, really. Yeah, I don't, to be honest, yeah, I keep it when I'm kind of in season. I really don't, wouldn't go that heavy in terms of heavy lifts. I keep everything kind of light, explosive. Um, yeah, and, and in fairness, I think a lot of the work I do in the gym as well is, is kind of around plyometrics as well. Um, so it all feeds into that sprint work and that explosiveness. Um, yeah, it's just finding kind of a balance between not trying to be broken up for your pitch sessions as well. Yeah, exactly. And in terms of kicking skills work, what would you like to do even now on the pitch? Is there anything you like kind of practicing or what do you have a particular drill you like to do? I'm conscious I have a lot of younger players listening that like to kind of take little snippets from different players when, from the podcast. Um, yeah, I'd always, I used to kind of have a bad habit going out into the pitch and I'd be kicking balls off the ground and static and freeze and I wasn't a free taker or I wasn't at 45, so it's much more, more for the crack of it. Like, But I think like now I'm trying to kick from match situations I'd be in, so always throwing a ball up from head height first and running onto it um, or going with a hard solo run for 10 metres, 15 metres and then kicking because that's kind of where I'm getting my scores and matches. So I'm um, trying to replicate match situations as much as possible. Very good. Is there any particular underrated skill at the moment that you see in the game that maybe players or coaches at the underage level or at senior level are kind of overlooking? Is there anything just from a player's perspective that you find very useful? In terms of skill-wise, I'd say probably just um, making more than one or two runs, probably more more of a tactical thing really, but I think a lot of the time a player will make a, a really hard run once, they'll be tracked and they'll, they'll stop the run. And I think really getting used to zigzagging um, making as many cuts as possible because um, you'll shake off any deven- defender eventually with enough runs um, so I'd say practicing that even when you're kicking down the pitch by yourself um, with two people like making hard runs left and right um, 
it's definitely a skill that needs to be practiced. I do you ever see that clip of Steph Curry when he's getting open for a shot and he makes about I think it's about five different cuts across the court and your man can't keep up and that's when he gets the open shot. It's kind of yeah. that it, you're not staying stagnant sort of thing. You see that come into the GEA more where it's that tactical side. We always see on the loop, the backdoor cuts. But you think that's that's obviously something the players should be looking at it maybe at an earlier age. Yeah, definitely. No, like and even it's watching basketball, even like if you watch the, the movement, players have to loop and run and run so much before getting a score. If you watch the top teams now, the amount of scores they get around the D, it might look like an easy pop over the bar, but it comes from maybe like three or four hard runs before that. Um, that feeds into that score. The 2022 Senior Championship, you kind of exploded onto the scene um, in terms of the media side of things. Everyone started to, particularly that county final, lots of tweets going around. What was the difference maker for you, do you think, with that season? Was it just this huge jump you made with that COVID individual training paying off? Or what was the jump for you personally? Yeah, I'd say just um, it was my first full year playing senior club football. Um, so just experience-wise, like it was the most football I'd, I'd played. Um, and then obviously coming off the COVID year as well. So at an individual level, I was... The fittest and strongest I'd been and then tactically I was just playing playing the most football at a high level I'd ever played before so it all sort of started to come together really. Okay and how how close is Division 1 Senior Championship in Dublin at the club level compared to Inter-County? Is there much of a gap between that and Inter-County level at this, at this stage? Um, I'd say at it in terms of fitness, S and C and tactically, I'd say like there's there's very little gap. Like the senior clubs in Dublin are top class and have a huge amount of senior intercounty players playing. But at an individual level, there's there is probably a step up in intercounty in terms of the players there, um, athletically and skill wise. But I mean the gap isn't, you know, it isn't it isn't ginormous. Like the standard of senior club football in Dublin is 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 top class. Would there be much of a a, a difference like kind of mentality wise between the two in terms of that individual approach? I'd say not. No, I think in terms of like, in terms of application and what players are doing off the pitch now, in terms of prep and review work, like the a senior club player in Dublin is is on a par really with most intercounty players, which is frightening. Like, but it's yeah, there wouldn't be a, a huge difference. Okay, interesting. And do you find in terms of players wise, like I people play listening that don't play and when they hear about kind of the routine like I, I sent you that post I put up about the the player in Dublin travelling back west for a county setup, and when they don't understand kind of why you do it and the commitment wise when you're in it is it tough to kind of get around like even from a Dublin club player perspective when they're you know individually doing things away from the team do, does it is it hard to kind of explain to other people that don't get it do you bother is it just you know it's just for love of the game really yeah, it, it, yeah. If you talk to anyone who doesn't really, who doesn't play, or anyone in, in work really, or wouldn't be close to it, they think it's bananas, and you explain, yeah, just like they're saying, you're not getting paid, or, but um, when you're in the thick of it, like and you're enjoying it, you just kind of you do it without thinking. You're in a flow, like um, kind of looking back after the season ended, sort of thinking, Jesus, how did I actually manage to do that for for seven or eight months? But um, yeah, you you just you just get on with it when you enjoy it. Yeah, exactly. Uh, when did the call come from Sligo? When did that uh, opportunity come up? Um, it was after championship last year was finished up in November, so it was over over Christmas. Um, I was down home for for Christmas. It would have been, yeah, Christmas week. I would have got the call. Um, had a few days to to think about it, and then I was in with them then from first week of January or around that. Okay, and how did you find the jump to intercounty level? Kind of that individual, you know, difference that you see with the between the division um the club football in Dublin and the intercounty level yeah they, I think that the pace of the game is is a big thing like the in terms of when when you turn over a team 
how quickly you go on the attack and how, how much quicker you need to get into tuned into what's happening um, and what your role is in the same defensively. Like when you get turned over, maybe at club level, because of the, the scale execution, maybe the athletes have a bit more time to to stop and think. But at inter-county level, everything's happening so fast. So, um, yeah, just yeah, it's a, it's a bit of a jump up getting tuned into the, to the speed of the game. Was there ever this sort of, I know you were born in Kerry and the opportunity was like, came up, but was there kind of ever, you know, during the season, did you ever realise, geez, I made it at the inter-county level when you didn't at the underage level? Was it this moment of realisation or accomplish it or were you just taking in your stride, whatever sort of thing? Um, kind of just got on with it really, I think, although there was like maybe the first, remember the first game we'd away to Wexford in the, the National League and kind of coming into Coming into the ground, I was sort of looking around, she's thinking playing a county team here and county ground, you know, like sort of what's what's going on is a bit mad. But um after that really kind of just yeah, I was in the flow of it, didn't didn't take too much notice. Yeah. Did you ever think kind of before that that you'd ever make it at the intercounty level? Was it kinda of, did you ever not give up but on the dream sort of thing, but it was just oh it's not gonna happen yet or it's not for me or what did you think? Because you're still you're only about twenty four, so you still have plenty of years ahead of you. Yeah, so no, I've, I would have thought, yeah, I, to be honest, I never thought I'd play, play inter-county football. Definitely didn't think I'd play club football in Dublin or be playing with Sligo. So it's kind of, it's, it's, all, it's all a bit bizarre, really, like how it's all happened. But like, yeah, really enjoying it. Okay. And do you think the, in terms of the underage inter-county system, when we, you know, you likes yourself that never made it. Brian Fenton, another example, mentioned a couple of times. There's lots of other players I could, I could pick on. Do you think from the overall development of the game and... Do you think this the way we do the underage setup is effective in terms of developing players? Obviously, the minor competition and the under twenty competition. I don't want to say it's not important, but for the overall development of the game, if we're looking from that scope, is there a more effective way to develop players for counties and have a broader approach to it? Yeah, it's it's a it's a tricky one, I suppose. From a from a county's perspective, when you want to be successful at the senior level, you want to make sure that you have. A consistent group of guys who are playing to the style of football you want them playing and you want to make sure they're all aligned to the to the same snc work you want to make sure that they're getting ready for senior level so and you can't do that i suppose with 60 lads at every age group you know 80 players you have to be tough and pick you know who are perceived as the best players at each level and obviously unfortunately sometimes players might develop later and end up missing out on that opportunity um, it's a tricky one like you've examples all times of players who miss minor under 21 and underage and end up becoming great senior players but uh, yeah I, th- I think it's just the way it is I think from a county's perspective you have to be greedy and, and focus on developing the, the top players mm, yeah good point I sent you that post I put up about the, the schedule and in terms of getting like work in Dublin um, that post was I don't know what your situation is but it's, it's leaving work at half three kind of coming in extra hours punching extra hours to make sure you can get your work done how difficult is it to balance the work side of things as well as football when you're trying to develop not only your career on the pitch but your professional career at the same time um, yeah it's tough going I think like the, the in fairness like I'm I'm blessed to be working with it with Suntory who have a, a really good flexible work policy like so we've two two days working at uh, home three days in the office so that way you can kind of flex it around um, but in terms of the work hours, yeah, like that that was that was tough going this year. Like I'd finish work maybe, I'd start work early, um, I'd finish work at half three, um, and then I'd be working then on the bus to Sligo then maybe for an hour and a half. Um, but like it was just, I suppose, found a found a good way of working, really, like made sure that all the calls and meetings were wedged into when I was online in the office. And then obviously had a had a really good manager then who, you know, had the trust that uh, I'd make up the last time and make up on, on the mail. So um, yeah, it's tough going, but um, you kind of find a find a system that works. 
and even trying to stay fresh when you're on the bus doing the work to go down and you're trying to fit in all the gym sessions training like mentally how do you stay fresh in terms of getting to training and even from a work perspective how do you stay fresh mentally and not get dogged tired of your your schedule um kind of just found a, a system last over the days where i wouldn't be i get my gym session done in the morning or the lunch the, the evening when i was working from home and i just keep i do nothing in the evening just take take my mind off football completely um, so just keeping like two or three evenings completely clear of football really is what, what keeps you fresh. Um, I think you'll crash if you <laughs> if you try to do something every day. So yeah, really just try to shut off two, three, three nights a week. Okay, very good. In terms of getting to training then, what do you arrive early? What do you like to do before training? Is there any specific from the individual perspective for your own preparation? What do you like to do before a training session or, or a match? Um, just kicking really just getting loads and loads of kicking loads of hands on the ball um, kicking a post really is the big thing for me so I'll try to get in as early as possible um, yeah that's uh, just more kicking the better really Do you have any superstitions before a game day? Do you like to put on your socks a certain way or eat certain things? What 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 is it for you? Yeah the same pair of football socks <laughs> all year with, <laughs> I go the same yeah yeah same ones all year um, so there's a there's a hole developing in one of the notes that all I'm going to do next season <laughs> and what do you like to do to prepare yourself mentally is that something you pay attention to is the mental side of the game a big part of your your preparation or your, your play yeah it would be yeah it's, it, it's like in, in terms of probably visualisation is a big big thing for me really kind of going into a game trying to picture who I'm playing against and where I'm going to get the ball what a score would look like um, what I'm going to do um, yeah, definitely. I'd, I'd probably try imagine myself in a couple of match situations and what the best outcome would be. And do you like um, like to watch yourself after the game? Do you kind of give it a couple of days if it's a even if it's a good or a bad performance in terms of the watching your individual clips or watching the whole match? What way do you like to do that after a game? Yeah, I'd well, yeah, I'd, I'd be I'd be big into watching the games back and watching my clips as well. I'd be sending them home for analysis as well. <laughs> so yeah, the um, yeah, no. In fairness, I jump on it straight after the games. Okay, and what do you think is your biggest strength at the moment, Pat? Is there anything that you've noticed that's just kind of always been there, or is it something new? What is it for you? Do you think? Um, I'd say probably ball carrying. Um, probably beating beating man with a ball. I've never wasn't a massive asset of mine, but I think in the last year or two, really kind of developed a good step and and power. Um, and I think I can I can get on the ball and try beat a player or two. Um, I think that's probably a big part of my game now. What would be your biggest lesson from your first year at Intercounty Lit football, whether it's on the pitch, off the pitch? Was there anything that just kind of stood out to you? Um, I'd say probably, I'd say just in terms of tuning into my body a bit more. I struggled with it, with injuries last year and, and pushed a bit hard um, in terms of the travelling and the training load took a bit of a, a toll on the body. So I think just, you know, minding myself a bit more, tuning into the body a bit more, how I'm feeling um, and kind of tweaking my prep because, Ultimately, you want to be be fresh for for match day. So, um, yeah, I'd say just putting a bit more putting a bit more time into into my body and, and seeing how I'm feeling. How did you find the the Talton Cup going in as a player? Um, what what was the perspective like from a player? I'm, I'm interested to get your your thoughts on it as a competition. How did you guys treat it up until I go? How did you find the whole experience this year? Yeah, Talton Cup was brilliant. Um, yeah, it was really well received by all of us. I mean, in terms of like all we want as players is, is more games. Um, and for us as well as a, a chance of winning silverware and um, more competitive games with with counties um kind of on a on an equal level so no it was, it was a brilliant competition for us and we, we had some brilliant days out opportunity to play in Crow Park against Cavan um brilliant day in in Carrick against Leitrim as well with a, with a big crowd as well so um no it was a great experience 
what do you when it obviously that news came out recently about them potentially scrapping the national league finals as a player is that is it disheartening when they as you just said how you like to have more games when they're trying to scrap you know the league finals and potentially like i don't know how long the talent cup is going to be in for but if that comes up for a review and they don't go forward with it what's that like as a player to kind of see decisions being made without sometimes your opinion being taken into it when you're the one training and playing yeah it's um it's a tough one, I'd say, especially for, for counties in Division 3 or 4 that don't get too many opportunities playing Crow Park. You don't want to see finals getting scrapped because um, that's a that's a brilliant chance for you to, to represent your county in, in Croker. That's where you want to be. But, um, yeah, in, in terms for us, like with the amount of training we put in, we just want to see as many games as possible. So, um, yeah, more games, the better. So hopefully, hopefully all still goes ahead. What would you like to see from a player's perspective of the Talton Cup moving forward? Is there anything you'd like to see tweaked, changed? I even I was surprised I didn't realise that the final would be linked in with the senior semi-finals. Like I I assumed that it would be its own day. Maybe that might be the case in future years. But what would you like to see kind of moving forward from from your perspective as a player? Um, I think the big thing for us really was just the the, the split between the north and south teams. Um. Because we act like we 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 brilliant clashes against London and Leitrim this year in the Talchin Cup um, and in the National League, but it would have been nice to play against maybe a Division Three team we hadn't played played in the year because um, we were grouped into the same bracket. So I think just having an open draw maybe throughout the whole um, throughout all Ireland, you know, would have would have opened up new matches. Um, it would have been a good experience for the players. Okay, interesting. Um, this year, obviously, Kerry won the senior championship. What was that like to kind of watch your cousins? And I know there was four lads from a small town like Temple. No, what's that like for you as a proud Kerry Kerry man, even though you played for Sligo? And uh, obviously, your dad had that lovely that lovely um story as well on 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 his final show. But what was that like to watch your cousins and and your county, your native county, with so many players from Temple No win the senior championship? Yeah, it was brilliant. Um, yeah, it was magic seeing the lads win. In fairness, like playing with them growing up and so seeing the work they've put in like the lads are were thoroughly deserving of it like they've they've been full-time athletes since they're about 15 16 years old um and yeah seeing them going playing from from junior club football to playing um playing in Crow Park winning all Ireland yeah, was a fairly magic day out especially tying in with dad's last day last day in the office as well so it's, it's nice and the guys are going into the senior championship now I think they're playing uh am I right in thinking Dr Croak's this weekend or wrong? Sorry, this no. week I'm not too sure when the next yeah I don't know who they have in next round now um, they've got the club final now against Rahleys coming up after the county championship so they'll be all guns blazing for that for a club that went from junior I think it was even you were saying below before it was actually below junior division they were in to senior championship what how did that happen in such a small town how for anyone listening how can they replicate that in their own town is it just this magical crop of players or is it years of underage structure what is it do you think I think yeah I think it's um it's a couple of different factors I'd say like it's it's sort of a freakish crop that's come through together um a lot of lads the same age I think the last time we would have had a team that strong would have been in the 80s I think it's a lot of lads sons of players from that team as well and but um, yeah, it's just a magic kind of crop just coming in together all at the same time. And in fairness, it's lads who've just been living and breeding football since they were since they were small. In fairness, like who've been training and playing together all their life. So it's yeah, I think timing and just lads who've, who've given a ring to football the last last couple of years. Okay, because even at underage, you don't as at with Tempano, there's is no like separate team. You have to combine with a couple of clubs to compete at underage levels, is it? Yeah, we do. So I, when, when I was playing with Temple Underage, it would have been Temple No, Sneem Durinan, to assist would have been the, the underage teams so combining with a couple of clubs. Because um, there would have only been maybe 
eight or nine fellas my age maybe growing up in in Tempano in the age group yeah so it's a it's a small area yeah no they're definitely definitely doing well in senior championship I want to ask um in terms of everything you've you've accomplished in sport and played in sport what's been the biggest lesson you've learned over the years um probably just you you'll get out of anything that you what you put into it so just putting in putting in effort keep chipping away you'll you'll, you'll get rewards and what would you what advice would you give if there's any younger people listening that haven't had success at underage, haven't made county panels, haven't even you know, there's some players that don't even play for their starting, you know, club team at underage and go on to have huge success. What advice would you give them listening to it now? Um I'd say just keep chipping away. Like small improvements over time add up in a big way. Um so I'd say don't don't be too concerned if you're not making a team at an underage level or um, in terms of development squads or whatever, if you keep chipping away over time, you'll you'll make a breakthrough eventually. Um, I'd say at a senior level, I'd say very few people remember players who played under sixteen, under fourteen levels. So you, you know, it's just just being a bit patient and keep working. We are going to move on to sideline seven, brought to you by RTP Physiotherapy, founded by chartered physiotherapists Tony Fox and Thomas Dibbity. The guys are based in St Jude's J Club in Temple Oak in Dublin. RTP specialise in physiotherapy, return to play, physical health, performance. You can visit rtp.physio for more. Question one: What is your favourite quote? Um, I'll go with that again. Get out of anything which you put into it. Okay, very good. Are you a bit of a quotes fan? Do you have a? Or are you just kind of taking? No. Out? I wouldn't be a big quotes fan to be honest. I've robbed that one off my mother. She texts me that after <laughs> exams or matches. So. <laughs> <laughs> Love it after exams as well. That's funny. Um, question two: What's the best sporting event you've been to? And you can pick one as a fan and one as a player. Um, it's funny you mentioned Steph Curry. Actually, the the, the coolest sporting event I was at was um, Steph Curry's select camp in in San Francisco. It's his, oh wow! Um, yeah, the high school showcase game. I was on J one in San Fran in twenty seventeen. It was on. Um, and yeah, it was free entry, managed to get down to courtside for it. So just watching him and uh, yeah, watching the high, top high school recruits playing was, was fairly cool. Wow, that's pretty impressive. And some of those players are probably now at the NBA level. If you could, I don't know who was in the 2017 one, but... It was there now, Mike, Michael Porter Jr., um, Scotty Lewis, Jordan McCabe. So there's a few who are still in college now and a couple have made the, the NBA ranks now. But yeah, it was... It's cool, cool to what like the, the size and athleticism up close is just frightening. I was gonna say it's not like they're just talented basketball players. I remember I, I met a couple of them. Uh, I was in San Francisco a few weeks ago and I met a few of them, and I was like just looking at them. I was like, oh my god, you like are just compared to TV. Like TV doesn't give you a proper resemblance, but even like the guys who I think were small are like seriously tall, but not even tall. They're just built like yeah strength wise are just it's just it's a bit ridiculous like it's frightening yeah even seeing Steph up close like he was like we were fairly we were bang on the same height and he's there dwarfed on the court then <laughs> and uh, playing wise is there any particular um, match that stands out for you Pat um I they played this year National League first home game against against Carlo um in Markovich Park because I didn't know that my family had gone to the game saw them coming off the pitch then after which was nice so they made the, the five hour drive up <laughs> Uh, question three, what's been the biggest setback or challenge so far in your career and how did you react to it? Um, probably pulling my hamstring last year was my, my first time ever getting a muscular injury. <laughs> so I'd been blessed up to that point. But um, yeah, just kind of, it was tough going for a couple of weeks um, out of action, but kind of just turned the focus to parking football and just working on the recovery and getting my running back to normal really was how I kind of got on with it. Very good. Question four, what's been your biggest achievement on or off the pitch? Um, biggest achievement on or off the pitch? Um, I'd say probably playing for Sligo's biggest achievement on the pitch. 
looking back, what advice would you give your 18-year-old self who was still living in Kerry, didn't play club football up in Dublin and wasn't playing for Sligo? <laughs> be patient <laughs> and just enjoy it. Very good. Question six, who would be your dream dinner guest and why? And you can open up the table to a few people if you want. Um, I'd probably go LeBron. Um, yeah, LeBron James. Probably to be top of your sport since 2003. He probably has a few secrets he's keeping from us. So. <laughs> definitely, definitely has a few secrets. Uh, final question before I let you go. If your life was a book, what chapter would this be called? Um, Probably content. Yeah, just very, very happy with football and everything at the minute. So hopefully keep that going. And I'll be sure to leave all your um social media links in the description box below. And thanks many for coming on again, Pat. And I just want to wish you the best of luck with next season and beyond. Cheers. Thanks very much. big thank you to pat for joining me on the podcast today i just want to wish him the very best of luck with next season and beyond also a quick thank you to our sideline 7 sponsor rtp physio you can find more information in the description box below don't forget to leave a rating and a review over on apple Podcasts and spotify as it does help the show grow be sure to follow our social media at the sideline live for more and as always thank you for listening